You're listening to Season 8 of Bionic Planet, now brought to you by Vera, the world's most widely followed environmental standard, and by Responsible Alpha, a collaborative high-impact ESG consultancy helping investors, businesses, and communities transition to a low-carbon, sustainable, and equitable future. This episode is also made possible with support from Conservation International. Sponsors do not participate in the production of Bionic Planet. In our last episode of Bionic Planet, we met Victoria Musioka, who grew up playing in the forest around Kenya's Chulu Hills and drinking from clean springs that supported the surrounding plains. But by the time she graduated from school, the springs had dried and the sky had stopped giving. The area was so dry, mm-hmm. and the, ra- the rains were so scarce. The reason, as we learned in episode 86, was a blend of global climate change and local desperation, which conspired to drive farmers into the hills where they chopped the trees for timber and burned them for charcoal. The charcoaling began in the lowlands, but eventually moved into the hills themselves, degrading the ancient cloud forests that pulled water from the sky and infused it into the ground. As the trees went, so did the clouds, and the springs eventually dried to a trickle. The basis of life is actually in forestry. We met David Okul in our last episode as well. Most people say it's water, but when you really think about it, most water sources actually come from forestry. So it might be the chicken and egg thing, but it starts from forestry, then it goes to other biomes and other systems. As the forests of the Chulu Hills deteriorated, the springs dried and the rain stopped. The government tried to stop the degradation by keeping people out of the hills, and a half dozen NGOs tried to stop it by developing ecotourism programs. All of these efforts worked a little bit, but not at anywhere near the scale needed to save the forests and the water that flows from them. Until a decade ago, when the NGOs and the government agencies teamed up to launch the Chulu Hills Red Plus Project, a 30-year private-public partnership that uses carbon finance to support activities that save the forest. Ten years into its 30-year run, the project has revived the forest and the springs that flow from it. Nowadays, we have seen so much changes. It's green, and then there it's so so clear and it's so fresh. If the Red Plus project goes on, I think in years to come, the area will be talking something else. It will be so nice for mm-hmm. for the people. So and we'll never talk about people getting to that hill again. If the project goes on. Remember, we're just 10 years into a 30-year project. And while Red Plus is working, it's not perfect. Nothing is. And Red Plus faces ideological opposition from people on the left and the right who have been exaggerating its limitations and ignoring its strengths. While proponents have admittedly done a horrible job of explaining Red Plus to people outside the scientific community, not unlike climate scientists back in the 1990s and 2000s. That's why I've created this series focused on a cluster of projects spread across Southern and Central Kenya. Each week, I'll take a dive into some aspect of these projects in the hope that over the coming months, you'll get a feel for how carbon finance saves forests by helping people, what it can do, what it can't do, and how it's changing over time. 
welcome my visitors uh-huh. you are most welcome in Ndange tree nursery Evans Menino will be our guide today he works with the Kenya Forestry Service where his official title is Makweni County Ecosystem Conservator he'll walk us through the Ndange tree nursery one small part of the Chulu Hills project which is in turn one piece in a mosaic of interlocking carbon initiatives helping to reverse deforestation in rural Kenya and slow climate change around the world. Man may be unwittingly changing the world's climate through the waste products of his civilization. There's a group of us now who are proposing that the Earth has actually entered a new epoch, and that is the Anthropocene. Anthropocene. We know that the enemy is carbon, and we know it's ugly face. We should put a big fat price on it, and of course, add to that, drop the subsidies. Earth, we broke it, we own it, and nothing is as it was. Not the trees, not the seas, not the forests, farms, or fields, and not the global economy that depends on all of these. But we can restore it, make it better, greener, more resilient, more sustainable. But how? Technology, geoengineering, are we doomed to live on a bionic planet or is nature herself the answer? That's the question we address in every episode of Bionic Planet, a podcast of the Anthropocene, the new epoch defined by man's impact on Earth. And today we again address it by visiting the Chulu Hills Red Plus project in southern Kenya, the second of three episodes from that project and of at least 10 from the region from the Chulu Hills, from the Kasigao Corridor, and from the farms around Nanyuki a bit to the north. In all of these episodes, we'll be talking to the people from the communities who are implementing the projects on the ground. Today, our guide again is Evans Meneno of the Kenyan Forestry Service. You've got all these little tiny saplings here. You've got little bags, and then you've got the mid-sized trees over there? Uh, this tree nursery is in two parts. This upper part is a nursery belonging to Wendoa Bulutini Women Group. Then the lower side belongs to Kenya Forest Service. Now, why we have these two sets of nurseries is that the government has embraced community participation in forest conservation. Uh-huh. That's how this group came here. Okay. This is a group of women who have established their nursery. Uh-huh. Uh, this nursery is important because uh, one is a source of income to the women group. They raise the tree seedlings, sell, and get money to promote their livelihood. Okay. And then two, they also raise these seedlings. You know, it's a social group. It has also it has now an economic part of it uh-huh. where they raise seedlings and sell. Okay. They also raise these seedlings for the purpose of improving forestation on their farms. Like agroforestry? Yes, agroforestry. Okay. That's why you see most of them are fruit trees. Okay. Then we have both indigenous and exotic seedlings. So they raise the seedlings both for fruits and then those ones for on-farm tree planting uh-huh. for improvement on their farms. Part of these seedlings are also used for the bigger catchment conservation. And this is all part of the Red Project too? This is one of the programs supported by Red Project. Okay. Yes, it is supported by Red Project. Among the support they got from the Red Project is these pollen tubes mm-hmm. for raising 
the polythene bags right, right. for raising tree seedlings. They also received, you see, a fence. Yeah. The fence is courtesy of the red project. Okay. Because if you leave it, animals can just come right, in right. and destroy this investment. Three, the red project has also assisted to improve water situation. Uh -huh. We have the river down here is called Ndanga River. Okay. Which emanates from this catchment. Mm -hmm. The red project assisted to buy water pipes. Mm -hmm. It also improved. There is a masonry tank. We shall be seeing it up there. Okay. So the red project assisted in repair of the water tank. Okay. Then a piping of water uh -huh. from the river. It provided pipes okay. and other accessories for enabling the water to be pumped to that tank. In addition, it also provided resources for buying the, the pump. These are, when you see most of them are old ladies. So going to the river to fetch water, carry it right. on their back to here is, takes a lot of time. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so the Red Project improved by buying a pump, mm -hmm. which is able to pump the water from the river to the water, storage water tank. Oh yeah, and okay, the water I see it From there. the storage water tank, the water comes by gravity, uh -huh. flow of gravity. You can see the tap. Okay. Yes, this oh, yeah, okay, is yeah. facilitating water okay. so that the ladies are able to use shorter time. They are able to water their seedlings more frequently. If you find today's show intriguing and want more context, I encourage you to give episode 86 a listen. There, I provide an overview of how the project works and why saving the forest brought the river back to life. For now, you just need to know that the water comes from the cloud forest above, which pulls water from the sky and infuses it into the earth. When the project started, the forest was in steep decline as people chopped trees to make charcoal. The project reversed that in part by providing other means of making a living, such as beekeeping, or in the case of today's show, helping the Forestry Service support women like Demaris Mwende Ndolo. She's lived in the region for 30 years and helped start the nursery in 1998. She remembers when the waters flowed freely, then when they dried, and how they have now come back and are flowing again, despite the fact that this part of Kenya is experiencing a devastating drought. Many years ago, the water in this region dried up, but now the river is flowing again, and we have the strength to work here. As you may recall from last week, proponents are hesitant to claim full credit for bringing the river back, but the evidence is strong. The fact is, the end of deforestation above revived the forest, and these springs are flowing despite a two-year drought. In fact, as we'll see in later episodes, downstream villages well beyond the project area are getting water from the springs of the Chilu Hills, springs that dried to a trickle during the last drought. Not only is the river flowing again, but the project provides pumps and tanks both here and across the region. The Red Project brought pipes, a pump, and improved a water tank. Mm -hmm. So the water is now pumped very easily to the tank the water flows here, they are able to water much easier. We used to carry water on our backs. And you know we have many old women. Can you see that old lady? She used to fetch water and she didn't have the strength to plant many trees. But because of this project, 
We have strength to work because we have water. She says conditions now are not only better than during the last drought, but better than before the drought, because the new infrastructure means more trees, which means better soil. This nursery we started in 1998. We used to plant very few trees, but now we have lots of them, and that improves the soil. Do you see these trees? When they drop their leaves, they provide fertilizer, and from that we get good soil. When these leaves drop on the ground, mm -hmm. they decompose and they have found out that the soil's fertility, water holding capacity, mm -hmm. the general features of soil have really improved. So when they collect the soil, bring to the nursery, they are able to realize more output than the situation used to be all the days. The project is also helping them market their trees, making the nursery viable as a business, which is what sustainable development is all about. When we got this Red Plus project, it helped us scale up directly and indirectly, directly with subsidies, but indirectly by bringing us customers who buy our trees, and we benefit. Before that, we would take our trees to the market and sell them one by one, but now we're able to sell in bulk, which becomes profitable for us. They didn't used to have good market for their seedlings, mm -hmm. but since the project came, it has improved the status of the seedlings, and they are now able to get more customers. She even says, Red Plus is one of the major customers. Mm. Just recently in December, the Red Plus also bought seedlings. So they say the situation has really improved not just facilitating facilities that are improving the nursery situation, but also providing market. Since the project came, they have noticed that more customers are coming. Others whom the Red Project personnel talk to, they are able to realize that there is a good nursery supported by Red Plus Project in Dange, so they come for high-quality seedlings from this nursery. And as Demaris pointed out earlier, they are also doing agroforestry planting fruit trees in among their crops to infuse nitrogen into the soil and also to provide fodder for livestock. All of these activities lack more carbon in the landscape, but they're not factored into the project's carbon accounting. Instead, they're considered positive externalities, something Red Plus opponents choose to ignore. On the farm, they are growing agroforest-related seedlings, like the fruit trees here, which they are also establishing on their farms together with some species that can also support livestock on the farm. They can harvest uh, the leaves, feed their livestock. Mm -hmm. Fruits are also agroforestry based. In numbers, the project has increased production about 700%, and Evans says it could soon reach 1,000%, or a tenfold increase in tree production. On average, every year, we, have, we produce around 72,000 mm -hmm. seedlings. 72,000 seedlings. 72, but uh, in the past many years, we could not go beyond 10,000. We are even uh, working hard to have over 100,000 seedlings every season so that we are able to use those seedlings to improve the general Kibwezi catchment right. up to Chulu. Mm -hmm. Yes. We have interventions where we use these seedlings, for example, to support schools, to support institutions, to support farmers improve the general forestry situation in this area, mm -hmm. which will contribute to the carbon sink that 
the Chulu Red Plus project is addressing. Yeah, it's amazing how it all hooks together. You've got afforestation, reforestation. Yes. But then all these activities combined take the pressure off the forest, so you're also avoiding deforestation. Yeah. And then you are also got the patrols that are here preventing the people from going in and, you know, stealing, not stealing, but taking wood and harvesting wood. Yes. And at the same time providing income for them so that you're not just putting a fence around the forest and saying don't go there. You're saying we've provided you with something else to do. That's quite true. That's yeah. quite true. We, are, we want whatever people use. People used to go to the Chulu forest mm-hmm. because they don't have resources. Yeah. For example, do illegal wildlife hunting, mm-hmm. do charcoal production mm-hmm. in Chulu. But we want them to have resources on their farms. Yeah. These resources are also mostly tree-based. If they plant fruits, they are able to harvest fruits and sell. Like this season, it's season for fruits. We are Fruits are being sold. They are ripe. Right. So if they plant fruits on their farms, they are able to sell and get money. Schools also, we are supporting them with trees and fruits. So if they have all those livelihood support systems, they'll not go to Chulu to destroy Chulu right, forest. Right. They'll not go to the neighboring forest like Kibwezi and even the bigger farms like the ranges, which together contribute to the Red Plus project in the Chulu area. We then started working our way down the steep slopes to the river's edge. It was rough for me, even without a 10-gallon drum of water, and I apologize for the heavy breathing you hear throughout. This break is as good a time as any to again thank today's sponsors, Vera, Responsible Alpha, and Conservation International. Without them, these shows wouldn't be possible, but even with their help, I'm producing these at an average cost of less than $2,000 per episode, which is one-tenth the budget I had for weekly radio shows 20 years ago. If you want more and better episodes, you can help me deliver them by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash bionic planet. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash bionic planet. There you can support me for as little as a buck an episode and with a monthly cap. The address again is patreon.com forward slash bionic planet. Also, if you're an ethical business looking to reach a global audience, you can advertise on Bionic Planet or become a sponsor as well. You can reach out to me at steve at bionic-planet.com. That's steve at bionic-planet.com. Finally, you can help just by giving me a five-star review on whichever podcatcher you access me through. That helps because the more stars I get, the more ears I get. And the more ears I get, the more minds we can reach. We can do it if we all work together. This is Rivantanke. Mm-hmm. Rivantanke is one of the area we are uh, associating with the Red Plus project uh-huh. because uh, you realize that uh, some years back, this flow of water was not there. It was just it, an empty gulch. Just an empty, yes. How about the But since, uh, since the Red Plus project started, you realize the Chulu catchment has been improved, mm-hmm. Kibwezi forest, and the, even on the farms from uh, Chulu up to here, mm-hmm. the forest situation has improved because of even the sensitization that Red Plus is involved in. Right. And therefore, we have realized that the water flow has gone up steadily. We are able to get a lot of water from this river. Uh-huh. So this, because of the increased water flow, the farming situation in this area has improved. 
when you go beyond this catchment, farmers are now getting a lot of water. Uh-huh. They are able to do their normal uh, farming activities on their farms, like watering livestock, mm-hmm. growing some crops. There are some people who are doing irrigation, irrigated agriculture, which you can do throughout the year. That was not happening some years back. How long did it take for the river to to come back after they started the improvements further up in the catchment? I can actually say for the last three years, mm-hmm. the water situation has improved greatly. Okay. Yes, what was not there some years back. Okay. Yes. So it took about four, how many years did it take before the water really started to, because it, it wasn't overnight. They had to start, they started the improvements up in the forest. Yes. And then the, there was about we, a four-year lag. What, yes, or what we associate is that the, the, the improvement of the improvement of the landscape in Chulu, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kibwezi Forest, and the region surrounding this area uh-huh. has improved in terms of tree cover. Yeah. In terms of the trees that are in this region. Mm-hmm. As a result, the infiltration of water has also gone high. Mm-hmm. That's why we are able to get this steady water flow. The spring is just here. It's right there, I see it, yeah. Yes, okay. It does not come directly. Right. We say the situation up there has it percolates down through there the, is yeah. more percolation, there is more infiltration. So the result is water seepage now comes out here. If 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 you came here some five, four years ago, the situation this is supposed to be dry season, January, February, March. The situation will not be as it is now. Yes. So we, we believe that continued improvement of the Chulu catchment, mm-hmm. the water will continue increasing steadily and the livelihood in this area will improve. People are now they are not streaming into Chulu to destroy. They have stopped. They know that this is part of the good products of improving the Chulu and this is courtesy of the Red Plus project. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even in addition, the locals were spending a lot of time looking for water. But now, because of this improved water situation, they spend very little time fetch water. The rest of the time, they spend it very positively on their farms, uh-huh. improving their farming activities. Yeah. And we, that's why I'm saying that we believe with this continued catchment improvement, the livelihood here is improving steadily. Mm-hmm. Yes. And is there eco-tourism up in this part, or is that only on the other side? Most the eco-tourism is mostly on the upper side. But you see, such a, such a aspects are also exciting the local tourism. Mm-hmm. Like if, if people are able also to move around and see very good improved farming. Yeah. And like what used to be there. Yeah. The same also improves the tourism. The, what is being harvested here is taken to the market. Tourists will easily meet it in the hotel. So I would say it has an impact, <laughs> a positive impact on tourism. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like even this river, there are quite a number of people who are coming here. Yeah. One of the interesting things is that at the moment when it becomes very dry, mm-hmm. the water situation here improves. Because it means up there, situation improved. The, sip, the water that right. underwent seepage. When the sky is dry, the mountains are still full with water that went in there months ago, and it's like trickling down all this yes. time. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, able to get more and it comes out down. like it's like really nice, drinkable, yeah, fresh water. Yeah. It is just fresh water. It's so cool down here too. Yeah, it's very cool down here. Yeah, because, because of all of the trees and trees everything. are moderating the weather conditions. Uh huh. Yeah. And I say down, but we're high. We're pretty high up, right? Aren't we? Or, yeah. yeah. Yes. Because it was baking hot. Yeah. 
How many of the trees from the the nursery end up here, or is this all just native regrowth? Is this like natural regrowth here? Most of, I would say the highest percentage is natural regrowth. Mm -hmm. But then we have also done a lot of planting. Mm -hmm. This team of mine has done, you see here, there was the, the tree situation was not very good. Mm -hmm. But it has now improved greatly because some seedlings are picked from there, mm -hmm. brought here for enrichment planting. There's a lot of it that has been done around here okay. because this area is around three acres. So the enforced planting has been done by my mm -hmm. team here and the women group yeah. so that we have really reinforced the growth. Mm -hmm. Yes. People know to come and get it right when it's fresh out of the spring yeah. here. <laughs> I stated earlier on, one of the area that used to have a lot of fires was Chulu Forest, mm -hmm. Kibwezi Forest, which is neighboring Chulu. Mm -hmm. And this used to be caused mostly by uh, people preparing charcoal, mm -hmm. cutting trees and burning charcoal, preparing mm -hmm. charcoal. Two, possibly those ones who are looking for game meat. Yeah. Yes. Three, there are those ones who are logging, doing logging, illegal extraction of wood. Uh -huh. Now, we've done awareness, and this is good that this awareness is pegged on. We realized that most of those ones who go for this product, they don't have life support system. But on sensitizing them that a lot of fires are causing a lot of problems as a result of for the climate change uh, issues, mm -hmm. fellows have changed. They mm -hmm. have embraced that they are, they are able to get their livelihood. Mm -hmm. while you are doing activities like tree nurseries, mm -hmm. you sell seedlings, get money, you don't go to the forest to prepare charcoal. Right, right, right. You plant uh, fruit trees, you do agroforestry on the farm, you are able to get food, mm -hmm. fruit, sell, get money, support your life system mm -hmm. without going to the forest to prepare charcoal or to look for game meat. When you raise a seedling, a tree nursery like this, you are able to get money. Mm -hmm. buy meat in a butcher. Mm -hmm. They are also able to produce seedlings, sell, buy goats. Mm -hmm. Most of these old ladies here in the nursery, <laughs> they own goats at home. Right. So in the event that they require meat, they slaughter a goat and get what? They feed on goat meat. Right, right, Not right. go to the forest to look for game meat. Okay? Now, that kind of sensitization has removed the mind of these locals because they used to believe that if you require anything, you can only get it in the forest. Right. You go to Chulu or you go to Kibesi Forest. But now they are able to get most of what they used to go to the, those areas. They are able to get it on their farms. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they have realized that, uh, okay, there are also other aspects that uh, some of their children are being supported with the bursary. With what? Bursary. Money to support them pay fees in school. Okay, okay. Ben Plus is supporting that. Okay. So they have realized that if you keep Kibwe, uh, Chulu Hills safe mm -hmm. and you don't have money to pay fees, your daughter or your son can be supported to acquire secondary education through protecting Chulu, carbon business is done, mm -hmm. the child is supported to pay fees. So at the moment, they are also assisting us to pass the message that Let's not destroy Chulu. Mm -hmm. Chulu is making their children to be supported in school. Evans Meneno of the Kenyan Forestry Service wrapping up this edition of Bionic Planet, the second of three from Kenya's Chulu Hills and the second of at least 10 episodes from Kenya itself, where Red Plus is acting as a bulwark against drought and climate change. If you like what you hear and want more and better episodes, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com 
forward slash bionic planet. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash bionic planet. There you can support the show for as little as $1 per episode and with a monthly cap. That's all for today. In the future, we'll be meeting beekeepers, rangers, and teachers from the region, among many others using carbon finance to save endangered forests and slow climate change. Until then, I'm Steve Zwick in Rotterdam, Netherlands. Thanks for listening.